the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. This episode was originally broadcast as an episode of College Coffee Talk, a weekly show about the latest college admissions and financial aid news with college advisors Pearl and Andy Lockwood, Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash lockwoodcollegeprep. Go to lockwoodcollegeprep.com for more information. That's lockwoodcollegeprep.com. Hello, Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep, and this is kind of a special joint State of the Union uh, address. I do a monthly workshop for our current clients, and I go over everything that they need to be doing that month or in the near future. And this month, I thought I would share that with the uh, the outside world, just because I feel that just from hearing from parents, they don't get a lot of feedback or a lot of proactive advice from their guidance counselors when they're in 12th or 10th or 11th uh, grades. And... Uh, I just want to do my part to get that information out there so you you don't ever wonder what you should be doing now. At least that's the goal for our, our clients. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how to appeal a financial aid or a merit aid award and offer you a, a resource on that if you want some more information. That's mostly for seniors right now who have heard back from some schools and are continuing to hear back from other colleges probably right up until uh, April certainly the end of March. And I also want to talk about what do, you do, what do you do if you get deferred with this letter of continued interest that I get a lot of questions about. And I also want to give some advice for 11th graders and 10th graders who are you know kind of in the throes of the academic year. And I know it's very easy just to sort of put your head down and focus on getting through each day, but I would encourage you to lift your collective heads up and start or continue, as the case may be, planning about your future. So there's uh, a few things to be thinking about if you're in 11th or 10th grades or even younger. All right, so let's talk about uh, appealing. First of all, I do offer a uh, class and some sample appeal letters and a, an appeal, appeal review. Uh, we actually lowered the price this year, and I just put the link in the chat if you're watching this on video. And if you're not, it's lockwoodcollegeprep.com slash appeals. So here's the thing. When you get an offer from a, from a uh, financial aid office or from a admissions office, an admissions office with, with scholarship, frequently, not always, that offer is negotiable. And in this day and age, when there are so many applications being submitted, we're up 20% compared to last year. There aren't 20% more kids applying. There actually, there actually are fewer kids applying to college, but more applications per child. That's very stressful for kids and families, but it's also very stressful for the colleges themselves who are doing whatever it takes to fill their seats, fill their classes. Now, the elite colleges generally don't have this problem. <clears throat> I was reading the other day that Stanford bragged about how they rejected 700 people with perfect SATs or ACT scores. They're bragging about that. 
because what they're doing is they're bringing in other kids with lesser scores, usually for other reasons that have to do with diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's a whole other topic. I'm not going to touch that third rail right here in this message. But what you should understand is that it's super competitive out there. Uh, A, if you're applying to an elite school, but B, if you're not applying to one of the top 25 or 30 schools, it's competitive both ways. Not, not just you chasing or your kids chasing colleges around, but the opposite. So that means that many colleges are likely to listen to your request to appeal your award or negotiate your award. I've always told people not to use that word negotiate um, because colleges generally don't see themselves as businesses, even though they are. So it's kind of stupid. I'm splitting hairs here, but if you're going to actually speak to an admissions officer, which you don't have to do necessarily, I would use the word appeal. And different colleges have different protocols for how you ask for more money. Some just say, send us an email. Some say, we have a quick form for you to do, submit that. Um, I want to talk to you about the circumstances that are appealable. Because not every circumstance is appealable. I get questions from people about, well, is there any way I can get more money? And I'll say, well, what are you going to ask the, the college for? What's, what's your reason? And sometimes the answer is, well, we just want more money. You know, there are better reasons than that. But if that's all you got, go with it. But generally, the, the best way to give yourself the best shot at success at successfully appealing or negotiating an award is if you offer new information that the college is going to care about. So an example of new information from the financial aid standpoint is that you had a drop in income. Now, just to give you a little bit of backstory for the uninitiated, if you have someone graduating 2023, the financial aid award and your eligibility is predicated on income from two years ago, from 2021. So what that means is if you've had a drop uh, in, in income since 2021, the college won't know about it unless you tell them that on appeal. Even if you fill that a CSS profile, which is a very long, complicated, cumbersome form, and you check the box indicating something along those lines, you're still most likely going to have to go back to the college between now and April 1st, or, or May 1st, I should say, uh, which is when the housing deposit deadlines are, are, uh, are, are for most colleges. And explain, I know my income looks one way on paper, but the reality since that snapshot is, is far different. That's one potential source or, or argument that might work upon appeal. Uh, another one might be we have these unusual expenses. But a word of caution here, they have to be unusual, meaning I don't. you can't say something like, I live in a very high-tax area. First of all, it's not new. That was the first factor that I pointed out. And second of all, they know that because the they see the application and your address. And third, that therefore it's not anything that hasn't already been factored in. And frankly, the way that property taxes are factored into financial aid formulas is by ignoring them. <laughs> they don't they don't count. Expenses don't count in financial aid, which may sound weird and counterintuitive and completely unfair, but that's just the way it is. So if you had 
a drop in income or uh, increased expenses. Or my favorite, if you received a better award that makes it less expensive to attend from a college that your college that you're trying to get more money from competes with. I love to play colleges off against each other. I actually spend a fair amount of time describing how I do that in my book, which is available on Amazon, how to negotiate your crappy financial aid and merit aid offer. Oh, look, right behind me. What a coincidence. Um, so those are the three areas, really, the three types of arguments that you can use to negotiate a financial aid and possibly a merit aid offer. Now, there's no downside to asking. The college won't rescind its uh, its offer to you or penalize you in some way unless, and I've only, uh, I haven't actually witnessed this. I've heard about this secondhand. It was hearsay. Um I've only heard about one situation from a client who, when she was working with a different uh, college planning person who shall remain nameless, I actually don't know his name, but somewhere in a different state, he recommended that they go back to Boston College and ask them for more money. And when she did that, when she took his advice, they scrutinized her tax returns and they found something that didn't really make sense to them at first blush which was, to keep it short here, she'd earned a whole lot of interest from some sort of asset that probably was a CD that she didn't disclose using the other financial advisor, the, the other college planning advisor on the financial aid applications. So Boston College was looking at it and they said, well, wait a minute, uh, I know you're asking us for more money, but let's look at this first. How'd you earn all this interest? You didn't indicate that you had any asset that threw off this interest. And the response was, oh, I didn't tell you about the million dollars of CDs that we had. Whoops. So in that case, Boston College removed something like sixteen dollars or $17,000 from the student's initial award. So barring anything crazy like that, where you've you know covered something up or you know found some classified documents or something in a garage, uh, as long as you haven't done anything a little sketchy, then there's really no reason not to appeal because if you don't ask, you don't get. So if you want more information on uh, how you can do this yourself with a little bit of help from us, <clears throat> that's uh, at lockwoodcollegeprep.com slash appeal. Moving on. What do you do if you've been deferred? I'm, I'm still getting a lot of questions about that because just to timestamp this, uh, it is February, was it 8th, I think? And... Um, uh, a lot of early decision and early action applications have come back decision-wise in terms of being deferred. So what does deferred mean? So it doesn't mean you're rejected. It doesn't mean that you're waitlisted. It means that the college is going to defer re-looking at your application for the most part until they've uh, compared you against all of the regular decision applications that come in after early decision and early action uh, applications. Sometimes it means that we were so overwhelmed with applications, we didn't get a chance to review everything. So we are going to defer you that, for that reason too. Um, so what do you do if you're deferred? There's really a, not a lot you can do, but it is important if you're still very much interested in that school to tell them that. It's also very important to send in your updated grades, particularly if they're strong, 
Um, if they're not, you may want to keep that to yourself. But assuming that your grades continue to be good, uh, send that in. Sometimes call, uh, high school guidance counselors have a sort of a standard practice where they do that. So if that's the case, just make sure they are actually doing that. If you have anything new or noteworthy to, to tell them, to update them about in terms of new accomplishments, new accolades, new, uh, I just went to my my uh, my daughter Sammy's uh, mock trial event last night, which was uh, really fun. Pearl and I were the only parents there, which was pretty, pretty funny because Sammy said, uh, yeah, I'm not sure it's really the type of thing that parents go to and i didn't take the hint instead i said okay we'll be there and uh, it was great she did well unfortunately they lost um there was actually a little bit of a kerfuffle among parents not not uh not parents who were there to view but parents who are the the um supervisors for the team the coaches for the two teams so that was ridiculous and a little entertaining so um Sammy's already in to her early decision college, but if she weren't, uh, I would probably say I continue to, you know, participate in mock trial. And I was the lead attorney and, you know, we've got another event coming up next week. Yeah. That type of thing. Any update like that, that might be indicative of, uh, you know, how you're contributing the effort you're making extracurricularly. And again, any awards or accolades, that type of thing. If you want, I would, I would certainly encourage her to say that too. Okay. Um, other than that, just, you know, for the most part, just in one letter. Uh, and that can be an email. You can send that to your admissions officer. And if you have any attachments, like a transcript or, an, you know, a certificate or an accolade or something like that, send that also. A photo. That'd be kind of cool, too. So that's the letter of interest. Don't bombard. Don't harass. Don't stalk. But just let them know sooner rather than later that you're still very, very interested. And if you can say you're my top choice school in good faith, that's what I would say also. All right, 11th graders, great time to be boning up on your test prep. Test uh, Scores still matter. They still are very important. If you do not apply, but uh, if, you, if you apply test optional and you don't submit your scores when you apply, that makes everything else about your application much more important. And if that is not as strong compared to your competition, then you really need test scores. That's just the way it is. If your test scores are very important, but if you remove that key piece, Logically, everything else becomes more important. So we recommend that everyone get their scores as high as they possibly can. That usually means taking the SAT or the ACT two or three or possibly more times. Um, the other recommendation is not to take both, but in advance of deciding which one you're going to take and prep for, do a diagnostic exam. And in our case, we, we offer one that's half SAT, half ACT. Uh, the other option is to take a practice one of each fully timed and then figure out, you know, which one is best for you because colleges accept either. They're, they're pretty uh, agnostic about it. So even if you feel like you're overwhelmed and you don't have enough time in 11th grade, this is really the time to do it. And if you have a 10th grader and you're in the middle of Algebra 2, um, then I would start prepping uh, the summer after 10th before 11th grade, you know, even if you're not if you haven't taken algebra two yet but you're going to be taking it in 11th grade you can still prep in between 10th and 11th grades because a that might actually help you with the actual algebra class that you take in uh, in high school but b you know there's a, a fair amount of algebra on the math components of the sat and the act 
but I don't think it's much more than you know 10 or, or 15%. So you can get a handle on everything else and then you'll have a little bit of leg up when it comes to studying algebra in school, but you also learn you know, it, the, the bare amount of algebra you need in order to do well on the SAT or the ACT. So test prep is still very important. Even if you're not ready, quote unquote, get ready, just do it. Um, next, I wanna talk about college fairs. So in the spring is when there are there, there tend to be you know two or three college fairs in any given area. Uh, I think it's a good idea to go to one, but you've been to one, you've been to them all. You don't have to go nuts. It's really just kind of walking around, connecting with admissions officers who are likely going to be the ones reading your application if you apply to that school. So that can be beneficial. Other than that, you know, it's a bunch of brochures and stuff which kind of all look the same to me, but you may pick up on something. You know, you might learn about a school you hadn't otherwise thought about because of the brochure, because of the rep, because you're giving out popcorn or whatever they're, you know, they're doing at the college fair. It smells good, so they lure you over. Um, it's worth doing, but I don't have any specific recommendations in terms of which one you go to because you know this, uh, this video is going to be seen by people in all geographic locations. But I do think they're important in terms of uh, making one visit. Last thing I'll say is that extracurricular activities. So when you're applying to college, you're going to be competing with literally 20 to 50 to 90,000 other kids who kind of all look the same in this sea of sameness that describes what college applications look like today. So grades, scores, etc. So what you need to be thinking about doing is how am I going to stand out so that I can answer a question that is actually technically not on the college application, but it's in the minds and the hearts maybe of every admissions officer. And that question is why should we take you compared to all these other kids, right? So the more uh, valuable extracurricular types of activities and accolades uh, and, and other, other things to highlight, the better but you're much better off not only doing the same stuff that everyone else does. So it's great to be in a club, but it's atypical to be the you know one of the officers of the club. It's great to participate in a charity thing, you know, like a breast cancer research walk or something, but it's much more atypical to start your own uh, or, or be an officer of a charity or charitable type of event. That's the, that's the way to think. Um, a great idea is to do something along those lines to explore a potential uh, career that you may be majoring in to prep for that career. So there's formal internships, which sometimes are not so easy to come by when you're in high school, but they do exist. And there are informal things you can do, you know, uh, usually with local businesses, local lawyers, local doctors, local, you know, you name it. Um, I was talking to a client last week who watched a doctor through a, an observation window, perform brain surgery, which I didn't think was possible. I, didn't, I, I thought with all the HIPAA and other privacy laws and regulatory things that you know doctors and hospitals wouldn't allow that, but uh, somehow she was, she was able to do this. So don't be discouraged if you get turned down because there are people out there who will help and, and enjoy mentoring kids and talking to them about their careers and frankly, talking about themselves, justifying their whole existence. <laughs> Uh, that may not be everyone, but if you're cynical, then that might be the case. But who cares? It's it's all about giving your kids the experience 
And the, uh, I mean, the experience is very important because it can help them figure out if this is a career they're actually interested in, but it can also give them a leg up in their college applications because that's the type of thing that stands out because most kids won't do it. That's why I use the word atypical because it means, that's right, not typical. So those are the things to be thinking about in 11th and 10th and even 9th grades. What can you do to make your application and your body of work that is going to be judged when you apply to college, which for our clients is the summer in between 11th and 12th grades, what can you do to stand out that way so you don't get just mixed into this sea of sameness? All right. I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions, you can pop them right here in the comments if you're watching this on uh, on Facebook or somewhere. Um, if you are listening to this on the on our podcast, you can reach out to us by emailing VIP at Lockwood College Prep com and all kinds of information about our tutoring programs and our appeal uh, class is at our website lockwoodcollegeprep.com thanks a lot for watching and listening and hope you have a great month take care bye-bye thanks for listening to the college planning edge podcast for more information about our inner circle group coaching membership which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass um, and get access to our double secret software, College Guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid and need-based aid opportunities as well as some other benefits. Check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com and use the coupon code PODCAST for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.